Thank you, Chris. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It is one thing to say you love someone. It's quite another thing to, to show it. A good attitude must be followed by a good action. For example, my football coach used to always shout at us, how bad you want it. Apparently the correct attitude was that we wanted it very badly. But that would be meaningless unless we acted on that attitude. And if we acted correctly on that attitude, we would be declared the winner. And boy, does it feel good to win. Attitude, action, declaration, and response. That will be our outline this morning when it comes to God's love. Our approach this morning will include a, a line from our theme song, a, a corresponding Bible verse from one of our readings for today, and then a brief explanation. Attitude, action, declaration, and response. Song, Bible, explanation. So let's get at it. First, attitude. Crowder sings of God's attitude when he wrote, He is jealous for me, loves like a hurricane. Probably not a good time for a hurricane metaphor. We certainly do want to keep those people in Texas and Louisiana in our prayers. But in the context of this song, it's really a good thing. Let's see what our Bible readings have to say about God's attitude toward us. In Psalm 33, verse 18, we read, But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. And then in 1 John 3, 1, we read, See that what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. That sounds good. It all starts with God's attitude toward us. And that's good news because if we start with our attitude, we're doomed. By nature, we've got a bad attitude toward God. Crowder might acknowledge this as one of our afflictions. But God's good attitude trumps our bad attitude. God's love overcomes our affliction. Crowder would say that the affliction of a bad attitude has been eclipsed by God's glory. Eclipse is a much happier timely metaphor, and it is the eclipse of all eclipses. Oh, how he loves us. God overcame our bad attitude with his good attitude, and God overcame our unrighteousness with his own righteousness. He put his attitude into action. Crowder sings, heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. Heaven meets earth. That is God's action. We sing about it every Christmas. From heaven above to earth I come. 
John 3:16 sums up God's attitude in action. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God put his attitude into action by sending to us his son Jesus and, and crediting to us his son's righteousness. Our affliction in this case is that there is no way we could be righteous on our own. We were born spiritually dead and dead people can't make themselves alive. But God can and God did. And Paul explains how, how in Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, he writes, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. God's gracious attitude translated into God's gracious gift of righteousness and spiritual life. Oh, how he loves us. Attitude, action, and now declaration. God declares us righteous. Crowder sings, and we are his portion and he is our prize, drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. That redemption is declarative by nature. 1 John 3, 3, we read, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Actually, the source of our purity is Christ's purity. So purifying ourselves simply means to receive Christ's purity through faith. We are declared pure for the sake of Christ. John 3, 18, we read, Whoever believes in him is not condemned. That's good news. We are not declared guilty, even though that is what we are by nature. Rather, we are declared innocent. This is sometimes referred to as forensic justification. Forensic is a, a legal term, and in this context, it means to absolve a guilty person and pronounce them innocent. You and I are guilty as sin. We're guilty of sin, yet we have been pronounced innocent. God said so. But God said so only because he remained very quiet at the most profound moment in history. The same voice of God speaks graciously to you and me because it remained hauntingly silent when Christ cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me. In that sound of silence, our sins were condemned in Christ. And in the sound of grace, we are declared innocent for the sake of Christ. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We are his portion and he is our prize. I love reminding our shut-ins how Isaiah shows us that we are his portion in chapter 43 we read but now this is what the Lord says he who created you O Jacob he who formed you O Israel do not fear for I've redeemed you 
I have called you by name, you are mine. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We are his. He says so. Oh, how he loves us. Attitude, action, declaration. Now, how do we respond? Well, Crowder suggests how we might not want to respond. He's saying, I don't have time to maintain these regrets. If we dwell on our afflictions of sin, we'll spend all our time regretting. But when we focus on God's love for us, we'll have no time for regrets. In Psalm 33, verse 1, we read, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. That's how we respond, with an attitude of gratitude. So when you're burdened by your conscience, listen to Psalm 118.5, which reads, Out of my distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. Lay your afflictions at the foot of the cross. Don't maintain your regrets. Let them go. Luther, in his commentary on the psalm, wrote, Do not destroy yourself with your own thoughts by worrying. Do not strive and struggle to free yourself. Do not brood on your wretchedness, suffering, and misery. Say to yourself, Come on, you lazy bum. Down on your knees and lift your eyes and your hands toward heaven. It is his desire and will that you lay your troubles before him. He does not want you to multiply your troubles by burdening and torturing yourself. He wants you to grow strong in him. By his strength, he is glorified in you. We don't have time to maintain our regrets. I've had fun responding to people who ask uh, how I feel after being down so long with a broken ankle, and I always enjoy saying, I'm glad to be among the upright. Of course, Pastor Hayes quickly clarifies to those people, it's not morally upright, just physically. <laughs> Duh. But based on God's attitude, action, and declaration, I really am among the upright, having been called into God's family. You and I get Christ's uprightness. What's to regret about that? You see, when it comes to our relationship with God, it's not our doing, it's, it's really all God's doing. It's, it's God's attitude of love and mercy. It's, it's God's action of redemption in Christ Jesus. It's God's declaration of righteousness for the sake of Christ. And it's God who creates and sustains our faith. Well, if this is all God's doing, what about us? Well, we are safe in the protecting, loving arms of our Lord. And I can't think of a better place to be. Well, if it is all God's doing, what do we do today? How about say thank you and serve one another? Because after all, oh, how he loves us. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.